What can you talk about? I mean, you're by yourself. You talk sports all night long. I'm going to just filibuster. Boom. There's your open, Andrew. You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about peeing like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls podcast. Solo host Anthony Rinaldi here with you live and in color. I sent Andrew out on assignment, and you stuck with me tonight, folks, so let's buckle up, enjoy the ride. First, I want to remind you guys, head over to digmenation.com to get your official Dig Me gear, as seen in Bloomingdale's, Tilly's, and some, some hat company you may have heard of called Lids, folks. That's right. Use promo code DIGTHEDAB18. D-I-G-T-H-E-D-A-A-B-1-8 and receive 30% off your purchase at digmenation.com. And folks, that is multiple times you can use that 30%. While we're not at the Digme Nation studios tonight, <clears throat> both Andrew and I couldn't be together, so I'm going to ride, ride out with you solo. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, social media blitz. D-A-A-B podcast on both. Subscribe to the email blast, D-A-B-B-podcast.com. Get all the latest and greatest news. You know, my man Andrew's crushing the social media game. Always has polls for the people. Always asking you questions, seeing what's going on, giving you the most information that you'll need with any kind of sports. And it wouldn't be a dab without a little bit of golf talk, folks. That's right, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Mr. 14 majors, 79 tour wins, months removed from a fourth back operation. And we got a small glimpse, everybody, a tiny small glimpse at what most people remember, the old Tiger Woods on Sunday at the PGA down in St. Louis. I mean, you talk about a jump from last year's rating. Last year's PGA had a 3.6 on Sunday. It jumped up 69% and is now over a 6 rating. People, when Tiger Woods plays, people tune in. And when he contends at a major, it is must-see TV. Listen, I know I'm talking to not probably most avid golfers. You know, a lot of you guys know the big-name players. But you saw a historic run from my man Brooks Kepka, the winner of the PGA Championship, his third major in six chances. I mean, he's batting 500. That's Hall of Fame right there. He's almost on a Tiger Woods-esque pace. But let me, before we get into the whole Tiger drama, because obviously everybody's talking about it, everybody wants to kind of hear it, everybody wants to throw their two cents into it, because, hell, everybody loves a comeback story but 
Brooks Kapka is one of the game's newest names. And like you said, he's, he, he won the PGA. He won the U.S. Open. And his, other, and his only other win on tour was a random victory early on in 2018. I mean, so this guy comes out of nowhere these last few tournaments and just goes on a tear. And listen, I, got some, I read some interesting quotes from him. And he says, as a kid growing up, that's the whole reason that all of us or people in my generation are even playing golf because of him. So he, in the back of his mind, he's trying to win this tournament and he hears the roars and he sees the people 40 deep, you know, thousands of people surrounding that, that, the second to last group of the tournament because you know what? Tiger Woods was making a charge. And for the 42-year-old Tiger to go out and shoot a 64, his best round at a major on a Sunday, basically with a, a swing held together with duct tape and glue, couldn't even find the fairway. The front nine, folks. All right, let's just make that clear. Shot a 32 while not even, you know, basically scrambling out of the rough. And you know what? Got to give it credit to Brooks Kepka because the man just played his game. He played hard, he played smart, and he was aggressive. And frankly, when you can bang the ball 340 yards straight as an adult down the middle of the fairway and you got a wedge into a par five, you're, you're set up pretty nice. And frankly... That was Tiger Woods back in his heyday, folks. He was able to bomb the ball with the best of them, and he just outplayed you. And the sheer Tiger factor was big. You know, he would tee up most rounds on Sunday, and the tournament was already in the bag. You know, most players couldn't even contend. But now you're looking at what he created. You know, what Tiger Woods was to golf, all these young kids aspire to. And, you know, most of these athletes... I mean, you look at Brooks Kepka, you know, Dustin Johnson, these dudes are, are yoked. I mean, they're, they're in the gym seven days a week. They're playing golf seven days a week. They don't care. You know, you know everyone's picture of a golfer back in the day was, you know, it was kind of a, not an overweight, you know, uh, overweight, over-the-hill guy, but, you know, you typically you don't find your typical strong athletes that play the game, but you're looking at these guys now on TV, and they're just straight-up yoked, and they hit the ball 320, 330 without even breaking a sweat. You know, Tiger Woods can't do that anymore. And you saw him try to rely on, and he couldn't rely on his driver all tournament. And when he did bring it out on 17, you saw him bang one dead right into the woods there. If, if not for a lot of great iron play and a spectacular short game and his putting, you know, he made, he kind of willed the ball in. Let's be honest, folks. Uh, some of those old, some of that old Tiger was in that, you know, was in the air, but he dazzled with his short irons. I mean, he was twirling clubs. He was pumping fists. He made this tournament what he had, and so, so many in the 2000s. Must-see TV. It was some great drama. I mean, <laughs> Tiger Woods is rolling now. He's got five top tens this year. He was sixth last year, last month in the British. This PGA Championship run, he, he couldn't, you know, come, come away with a victory. But take a second, is, you know, is no, no small feat, especially... You know, coming off his fourth back surgery, he wasn't even sure how many tournaments he'd play in this year. And it looks like he's got a good shot to be the wild card for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. And I know, I mean, listen, you, you put Tiger Woods on, on the scorecard, most players are going to be like, oh, all right, that's one name we've got to watch out for. You know, we're going to have some of the top players, <clears throat> some of the U.S. guys that are making it. Just, you know, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Spieth, Fowler. 
you know, Webb Simpson. Those guys are going to be, I think, your automatic qualifiers. You know, those eight, and that's a strong eight, and you're going to get two wild cards. And believe you me, you know, head-to-head, because Ryder Cup's a different cat. And if you put a guy like Tiger Woods, just the, the mere fact that he's playing well uh, recently and down the stretch gives, gives you know, the USA team a little bit more positivity in choosing a guy like Tiger Woods. So I believe, uh, you know, most of the demons and the doubt, you know, have kind of surpassed Tiger. And I think he's kind of, you know, he saw, you saw in his eyes, his laser focus. He was, he was dialed in on Sunday. And I think he takes that and he's going to roll that into you know the the upcoming tournament. I mean, he's running the hunt for the FedEx uh, points leader. I think he jumped all the way up to twentieth place. Uh, you know, so he's he's climbing that leaderboard. He's still trying. He's, he's still playing meaningful golf, even though the majors are are are, are no longer. He played all of them. You know, he's got a few tournaments, and like I said, he's definitely going to try and do some damage in the FedEx, uh, win that nice purse because you know why not. But uh, I mean, like I said. You know, Jim Furyk, the captain of the USA Rider team, is definitely going to have an interesting few weeks ahead of him to pick uh, those two wildcard players. You know, some also say some throw a, a name like Phil Mickelson out there, and you, you almost wonder why. You know, he, uh, there's got to be a few other guys. You know, Jason Kisner playing a little better, more solid, uh, more golf. But I mean, when you look at it, and, and the the Ryder Cup with those head-to-head matchups, man, you want a guy who's willing to, to play a little aggressive, get a little dangerous, and I can't think of anybody better than a Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. You know, two two of the old vets. You know, really, you know, kind of that that last that last uh, that last bit of of talent left in the you know in the older generation of guys. You know, because I don't think we're going to see uh, you know back in the day when we had Palmer, Nicholas, and and player, you know, those three guys were the mainstays. You know, we had Woods, we had Woods and Mickelson. Those two were kind of head to head when they were going through it all. So it really doesn't uh, make a difference now that they're forty-two and forty. You know, I think Phil's forty-four, I believe, a few years older than Tiger. You know, they still have the athletic, that athletic juice and that will and that want to. You know, you saw Phil win one of the WGC tournaments earlier this year, so he's he's tasted some of the glory. So he's definitely uh, you know feeling into it. And I mean, let me tell you, you get those guys going. With the young core groups of Kepka, Johnson, Thomas, I mean, you're looking at a solid USA team, and I know myself and Andrew will talk a lot more USA Ryder Cup golf. You know, come September, you know, I haven't watched a golf tournament on Sunday. I can't tell you how long. Probably one of the other majors, the Masters. He just, you know, the, the the British Tiger was in it for a little while, so I watched it. But I'm I'm one of these these Tiger guys that if he's playing well i'm gonna i'm gonna tune in you know i obviously watching my yankee baseball on sunday uh but you got to keep the remote on at that last button and get over to to the golf network and uh you know they do a great job over there and just to watch tiger throwing those darts getting the and the crowd was amped up it looked like a friggin' rock concert out there at a golf course again and that's that's just a tiger effect and you know brooks kepka you know tip your cap he earned that victory you know, he held off one of the greatest competitors, you know, in, in, in that sports history, uh, you know, objects and mirror appear closer, you know, type of thing. You look in your side of your mirror, Brooks, and there was Tiger, you know, stroke back, two strokes back, but all in all, he was, uh, he was the guy. And even Tiger Woods said it. He's a tough guy to beat when he's hitting 340 yards in the air. So that just goes to show you that Tiger Woods knew, knows that his game is going to be dependent on accuracy and, and, and smart, you know, pin, uh, 
short game and, and a tight putter. And he's got a new putter in the bag, so we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to, that Tiger Woods, um, you know, a lot of people got glimpses of the old Tiger, and that just going to make the rest of the golf season that much more interesting, especially if he comes our way. We're holding one of those events up at the Virgil Country Club, I believe, mid- end of August. Can't wait. Going to have a lot of the pros there. Can't wait to you know, see some of these guys up, and at, uh, up close and personal, just whack the ball 350 yards straight as an arrow. I can't wait to get into football as well. I mean, if you want to talk sports mainstays of the week, you know, besides the dog days of summer, baseball, football is hot on everyone's mind. We just went through week one of the preseason, and everybody's talking about this guy. Everyone's clamoring about that guy. We have all these NFL picks, all these top draft pick quarterbacks. They're looking like they should all be starters. I mean, let's slow down, folks. It is only week one of the preseason. I know we're all amped up for September. We can't wait to get out the beers, get the hot dogs ready, tailgating. It is football season. Get the pads on. Let's start hitting people. You saw it. The Jets and the Redskins get after it a few times when these uh, teams go ahead and meet each other in, you know, these little weekly practices leading up to their, you know, preseason games, which I find kind of, I don't know if comical is the word, but you know, obviously when you're when you're playing against your own guys, you're not gonna you're not gonna hit anybody. You're not gonna hit anybody hard, at least uh, unless you're uh, one of Andrew's boys from the Dolphins, who apparently lost a job after taking that cheap shot on Kenyon Drake. You know, I'll get Andrew's opinion on that in a minute when he gets back to us here after going on assignment. But I mean, weeks one and four of the preseason is the worst product you're gonna see, folks, and. I mean, listen, it's obvious. The coaches aren't going to put any of their defensive schemes in play. The offensive coordinators aren't going to give away any of their trick plays or their or line up any of their, their mainstays. The starters barely play. Competition is not, you know, your 1As versus your 1Bs. You know, these are guys that the majority of these guys are fighting to make the 53-man roster. You know, they're playing 85% of the snaps. They're just guys who the coaches want to see out there, want to see if, they can, you know, if they've grasped so far in training camp what they've learned. You know, they're playing against vanilla defenses. You, know, you can't take NFL preseason with a grain of salt. I mean, I don't know why they play it. I mean, the four games are useless. Maybe we do something different NFL. Maybe we only do two preseason games, and then you, do two, and then you add two, two games to the regular season. There's your 18-game season, folks. I don't know what it means, what it does, because honestly, since your starters don't play any of the preseason games, the first four games of their season are basically pretty much not trash, but you're seeing a lot of the a lot of the pros, pros knock off the rusts. A lot of your holdouts, your Khalil Max, for instance, your Aaron Donalds, guys who don't show up to training camp because they're looking for the contract. Odell Beckham may hold out if he doesn't get his money. You know what I mean? I mean, he's in camp now, which is nice. But when it comes time to it, you know, when it comes time to put, you know, tie up those laces, we'll see about it. And, you know, really, I want to be honest with you. If I'm a general manager, if I'm the team, you really just want to get to September healthy. I mean, you see a lot of these injuries. uh, Running back, Geis, the rookie for the Redskins, he's out with a torn ACL. You know, there goes his season. There's a multitude of injuries every preseason. You wonder why. You know why risk it? Why have the why have the the real players playing it? That's why they don't. Maybe in preseason game two, you'll see uh, two or three series played by your starters. 
by the third one, you get maybe a half, and the fourth one, everybody sits, and it's just guys trying to make the roster. I mean, so it's it's really getting through. A lot of people are getting ready. Their fantasy football drafts. Everyone's studying it up. Everyone who's ta- who's taking Aaron Rodgers. Who thinks Tom Brady is one year away from retirement? What's Ben Roethlisberger doing? Is Eli Manning worth the, a long shot? What's he going to do now if he gets a, a healthy Odell Beckham? He's got a, a, a Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Lots of offensive weapons. But a lot of people have been talking about rookies and rookie QBs and comparing this draft class. You know, there's five guys in this in this in this 2018 draft class that are kind of going to be lumped together: Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Rosen. Those five guys are going to be linked in history as one of the best. Could be could go down as one of the best draft classes, probably since 1983. And for those of you who remember the 1983 draft, I wasn't born yet. But you do a little bit of research on the old Google machine, folks, and you know what? It's a brilliant thing. And you're talking about John El- the John Elways of the world, the Dan Marinos, Ken O'Brien. You also had Jim Kelly. You also had, I mean, you're, look, you're talking about some Hall of Famers. And obviously, the, none of these guys have played a down yet in the NFL. And here we are talking about you know, some of these guys – Looking to being starters, you know, after one preseason game, one quarter, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these talking heads are spewing out. Oh, it's got to be a starter. Why not starter? What are we doing? And you know, I just want to take a, a step back. Let's, you know, what the preseason's like an onion. There's a lot of layers. You got to see how they progress in practice. And obviously, we don't see a lot of the practice. We don't see all the reps are taken. The seven on seven drills. You know, all we get are the few reps on that Thursday, Friday night when we're watching the NFL preseason games. And Josh Allen, I mean, all the rage about Josh Allen is this catapult for an arm. Uh, I mean, and you saw it on, on, on display, full force, his first game. Dude was just chucking balls 50, 60 yards in the air, just dropping them in. But a little inaccurate. You know, he's kind of got clumsy footwork. So he's definitely the work in progress there in Buffalo. I mean... He really doesn't have anybody anybody compared to like a Sam Darnold who's got some mentors in his QB room. I mean, Josh Allen's competing against Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. I mean, both those guys, you know, God bless them. They play in the NFL, so they have some kind of talent. Uh, I mean, Peterman's good for a five-interception game every third game. A.J. McCarron is your, your prototypical backup. I mean, he, he did good things in Cincinnati. You know, they just I – don't, I don't think – He's gonna, you know, he's worth. He's probably gonna be the starter just by default. Uh, if, if if Buffalo wants to try to win a few games early on, just because he's the, probably the most QB ready out of that group. But I think obviously Josh Allen's the future. Do you rush him in? Do you throw him into the, you know, do you do that old school mentality? You know, throw the wolf to the fire, get him in there, see what he does, type thing, or do you let him sit, figure it out, and learn the offense? Again, you know, not a Bills fan could care less, but. Josh Allen, all the t- all the all the hype about his arm strength is there. He's you know he's got the strength, he's got the brains, but now he's just got to put it all together and become one of these uh, you know dominated dominating pocket passers that we've seen uh, for years. Sam Darnold from the Jets. I mean everyone's ready to put this guy in Canton after his 13 of 18 stat line, but let me tell you, a lot of that was uh, a dink and dunk type offense. I don't think he, I think he averaged five yards if he's lucky. Uh, in the air, throwing the ball, and yes, you do like some of his moves. He was progressing 
in the pocket. He wasn't looking. If the first read wasn't there, he wasn't quick to just bail out and uh, you know check down. Uh, eventually he did, but he did look through his reps. And again, folks, defenses, they're very vanilla. They're not going to give you your cover twos, you know, your Tampa twos. It's just going to be a strictly uh, zone, maybe a little bit of man here and there. No one's playing the preseason like it's, uh, you know, game 16 you need to get in. But listen, it was a great it was a great debut for him. You saw him have an opportunity through his first pass, TD pass in preseason. Got called back, got called back by an interesting offensive pass interference. And so, all right, is the kid rattled? No, he go he go ahead and throws the next pass even better on a dime. The dude makes the catch and it's a touchdown. So, if you're a Jets fan, you gotta like the poise that he showed, and also you gotta like that that he has probably one of the best teachers in, in Josh McCown, who was a, a journeyman through his career, but you know put his best career numbers up last year. So. He'll be in that room in his ear. He knows what his role is as a coach. He knows his playing days are basically numbered. And now you have the flyer in Teddy Bridgewater. You're basically paying him nothing. You're hoping that he can showcase his talent, and then now you can trade him because you know Darnold. You traded up from the 6th to the 3 in 2018 to draft a quarterback. You didn't know it was going to be Sam Darnold falling to you when, you know, Cleveland goes Mayfield 1, Giants go with their guy Saquon 2, and then obviously the Jets quick couldn't. McHagnan tripped up the steps handing Goodell that you know Sam Darnold card and so that'll be interesting to see that that play out Teddy Bridgewater Sam Darnold you know you got three games in about 11 days to start the season so that's an interesting way to start your rookie quarterback but I think you go with I think you go with Bridgewater he's a steady figure and you hope that he dazzles and a team falters and, and get, or quarterback gets hurt and a team is desperate and they throw you a second or third round pick to get back what you gave up for Darnold. And there's you go, win-win. And that right there is just a, a great GM move by McCagnan. So uh, you know what? You'll chalk that up as a plus for the Jets and you got to like your future. And you know what? We saw a future from an interesting team that has a quarterback who won a Super Bowl, but that's the Baltimore Ravens who find themselves – with a pretty young defense, pretty stacked defense, they're going to be grinding it out uh, against you know the, the tough Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals in, in their division and in, in the upstart Cleveland Browns. And they went ahead and drafted the interesting quarterback out of Louisville, Lamar Jackson. And we saw a little bit of Lamar after the he played a little bit in the Hall of Fame game, and then the second or the first, their second, but the rest of the season's first game. And you know what? The dude was a he dazzled. He dazzled with his feet, and sure, his 7 of 18 completion rate uh, was marred by some horrible drops. I mean, if get some stick on your hands there, boys, in Baltimore. I mean, figure it out. I mean, I'm not sold on a running quarterback. I never have been. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to dethrone Joe Flacco anytime soon. So I'm just going to take Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, hopefully he improves his his ability to read the defenses and pick up uh, pick up the blitzes, you know, because he was quick to, once the first the first read wasn't there, he was quick to scramble on his feet. And sure, when he gets those six to eight yard carries, he looks good. And, you know, it's, it's positive movement. But when you're taking those extra hits as a young quarterback who's not that uh, big, you know, ask RG3, who did the same kind of thing his first year and was a rookie of the year candidate. And then he blows out his knee. And, I mean, talk about a guy – who knows he won't be on the Baltimore roster, but still put up some numbers, is RG3. So he's showcasing his talents. So hopefully another squad will pick him up because 
Baltimore is probably not going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. You know, Joe Flacco is your starter day one. And unless Lamar Jackson just kind of does a Russell Wilson and just takes a job from uh, Joe Flacco, uh, they pay that man a lot of money. So I don't think I don't think Baltimore is in any rush to get Lamar Jackson on the field, keeping it moving. Quarterbacks Baker Mayfield, you know, shook up my giant defense. Uh, I'm not going to get too riled up. Uh, I was I was impressed. Uh, you know, uh, I was kind of pensive on. That first pick, Baker Mayfield, you know, small quarterbacks, not named Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, uh, really haven't done much in the NFL. Michael Vick, you know, he was a small guy, but he was quick on his feet. Uh, obviously, Baker is not going to be that kind of guy. He's more of your Drew Brees type uh, where he's going to throw the ball downfield. You know, he's elusive, so he, uh, he does make a little plays with his feet. He, he, he tore up the giant defense, the second and third stringers. Uh, he looked good. He looked poised. He was confident and he was decisive and he used he used all all that talent and all that kind of cockiness that he had in Oklahoma and he put it out there on the field and it shows and you know a lot of guys in the locker room gravitate towards that but I think that I think Cleveland has a pretty decent roster and they know that if they start Tyrod Taylor that's probably their best bet you know, don't rush Baker Mayfield along. Let him see. You know, let him duke it out in the in the training camps in the first four preseason games. See what they got. And uh, I'm going to say that Baker Mayfield will will play some football this year because Tyrod Taylor with Buffalo proved that he couldn't stay on the field. Uh, obviously, not your typical running quarterback, but he did make a few plays, extend some plays with his feet, and took some extra hits, and obviously missed a few games. So you got to look for that down the stretch. And listen. Uh, Cleveland is not going to just sit back and you know be one of these one and sixteen, one and two and fourteen teams this year. I think they got a lot of talent, and I believe they'll sign Des Bryant. You know they brought him in. I think it's a pretty good fit there. They have Jarvis Landry, their the other wideout. If they can get Josh Gordon kind of back on the right path, uh, you know fix his mental uh, makeup. I mean that'll be a pretty. They signed Carlos Hyde. They got Duke Johnson Jr. Uh, they had a pretty good tight end. The offensive line's a little bit different now because they uh, they lost the Hall of Famer Joe Thomas. But listen, I mean, that's Cleveland made some positive moves. That's going to be a tough out for Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. That's not going to be your walk walk in a park game anymore like it used to be. I, I see some good things out of Cleveland. Uh, you know, if I'm a betting man, I might go over the over over on those on that win total there. And now to the the man of the hour, Josh Rosen, the one who said that. 10 or 11 teams made a mistake and not selecting him. And you saw some highlight reel plays in that first first Arizona Charger matchup. But again, people aren't playing the right defense. Guys aren't running really. The guys are, the guys are definitely trying 110% because they're NFL players. And if you head down on a swivel, you're going to get hurt. But listen, it's, it's, it's week one. Um, there's going to be a lot of interesting moves going on. A lot of cutdowns to the 53-man roster. Some veteran quarterbacks will be lying around. Uh, I think, I think Sam Bradford takes this in Arizona, but you know I'm not even going to talk about his injury history. We all know it. Josh Rosen will see some action on the field, and I, I believe all five, uh, all four of these. Let's see, one, two, three, yeah, five of them. I can't count anymore. You know, there's four of them. There's five of them. There could be six of them. I think these guys are all going to make an impact in the NFL in the 2018 season. I don't see any of them making a run to the playoffs, though. 
and really you know captured the heart of America. But I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of positive things from from Gang Green this year, and the Jets are going to make some positive strides with Sam Darnold. And as a Giant fan, I I'm going to have to watch this matchup my whole life. I'm going to have to watch this dude play in my building on Sundays. You know, if he becomes a Hall of Fame quarterback and God forbid wins a few rings for the Jets, and if, Sa- if Saquon is you know Saquon's going to be Saquon, if but he's going to be married to this to this dude for the rest of his career because the Giants had an opportunity to, to grab the quarterback of the future and they did sh- they chose to go you know do you grab the Hall of Fame quarterback or the Hall of Fame running back obviously knock on wood both those young gentlemen take their careers to that next level and make it that far but again who knows uh I can't wait to get 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 the football going I mean finally Roquan Smith from the Bears signed his deal He'll be in training camp, getting practices under his belt. I guarantee he'll, you'll see him in the, in the second preseason game, you know, grabbing that middle linebacker slot, doing his best impression of uh, Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher, and really making a, a difference for that defense. Uh, you know, two rookies I'm looking forward to watching as well. Uh, I got them on my sleepers list here for my fantasy squads. They're both at a uh, at a Denver, and that's Royce Freeman, the running back, and Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver. Uh, I'm hearing none but great uh, things out of Denver, although Case Keenum didn't look too sharp in his opening debut. Uh, obviously, he wants to make uh, make a good name for himself with his new squad in Denver. Uh, but these two young studs uh, have the offense moving. You know, you bring back Demarius Thomas. You also got the other fast, speedy uh, Saunders on the outside. Uh, and, I mean, listen, Denver has that. All-world defense, Von Miller. Although they, they, you lose Al-Keep to leave in, in secondary, so that's gonna that's gonna make for interesting life there in Denver. But those two names, Royce Freeman and Cortland Sutton, you definitely got to keep a lookout for. And let me tell you, a lot of these rookies, you know, you saw a little glimpse of Saquon Barkley that first run where he, he, he went left, they they bottled him up, he bounced it right, and he took off for a 39-yard scamper. I mean, that's what you want to see. I mean, yeah, it's granted, again, Anthony, relax. It's the first preseason game. Defenses aren't scheming, you know. There's no scheme. They're just, it is what it is. And you saw the next four carries. I think he got minus three, minus two. You know, he ended the game at like 38 yards, whatever it was, on four carries, uh, which wasn't awful. But, again, you know, all of that was one big burst. And it got all Giants fans souped up. You know, I, I know I screamed. Uh, you know, I had my son with me. We were playing. He bounced it out. It was the first play from Saquon. I'm yelling Saquon. I'm excited. I mean, come on. I get to watch him four years in college, three years in college, and I get to watch him for the next five years at least on his rookie contract with the Giants. I'm gonna watch him tear up the I'm gonna watch him tear up the Cowboys and the Redskins and the Eagles all year long and I'm gonna love it. But you know what you need to get fixed if you got a tear in your screen door or if you got a broken thermopane? Or if you just feel like you're heating up the na- you're you're cooling down the neighborhood, you know, running your AC 24/7, and you can't figure out why it's still hot in your house, and you go by and you see your windows aren't working like they should. Maybe you got a a shower curtain that you want to upgrade to maybe a shower door. Let me tell you about Hawthorne Glass. Angelo Rinaldi has had three plus decades in the industry, and not only does he get the job done. But he gets the job done on time, on budget, 
and with and within your parameters. He works around your schedule. He is one of the finer gentlemen you will come across, and he gets all his products made here in the wonderful U.S. of A. Call 973-427-4344. Ask for Angelo. Tell him Double A Ball sent you. He's going to knock off 10%. I'm going to try to talk to him. I know him personally. I'm going to tell him if he gets a dab request, give the person 15% off. Give him 20% off. They'll be a customer for life, and he'll take care of all your needs. And folks, you know when you hear the broken glass of Hawthorne glass, you know it goes to our what do you got? What do you got? And since I'm by myself, I'm going to get to call the shots here, and I'm going to recap it for you from episode 30. Andrew was 20 and 22. I was 22 and 20. And let's get right into it. Andrew chose the Seattle Mariners and King Felix Sunday night against the Houston Astros. Little did Andrew know that Seattle was going to move King Felix to the bullpen on Friday, so he didn't pitch. They got a great outing from uh, Erasmo Ramirez, and Seattle actually took the sweep of the Astros, uh, which was a huge, huge for the uh for that AL West race, I mean that's gonna that's gonna come down to uh, an interesting end of the September run, Andrew. I mean you picked it. I mean listen, Seattle needed that game, so I'm gonna give you one win for Seattle for sure. But I'm gonna give you a big fat one in the L column for picking King Felix. I know you didn't know that he was moving to the bullpen, but you steered the people kind of wrong. They were hoping to see some King Felix, and they didn't get them some King Felix. And I only say I give you the one and one is because my pick of Kevin Gascan Gosman over the Milwaukee Brew Crew was spectacular. And let me tell you, he fired eight innings of one run ball in a 10 1 drubbing of the Brew Crew. I mean, he fanned eight and walked one, Andrew. I know you're listening. And I know you're going to agree with me, and you're such a gentleman, you're going to give me both points because obviously Atlanta steamrolled him, and my man Gossman almost with a, with a complete game and dominated. And I think, frankly, he's just happy to be away from the, the Baltimore Orioles and Camden Yards, so he's loving life in the NL because he doesn't got to face a DH. He's facing the batter, I mean the pitcher. I mean, he's loving life. I'm taking two points. It's my show tonight, Andrew. You can suck it. I go up 24 to 20. I have Andrew at 21 and 23 now. And that will roll us into this week, episode 31's What Do You Got Picks. I apologize for not telling you earlier in the, in the show, folks, what episode we're on. But we are on 31 as we keep this train moving down the tracks. Let me tell you, me, Andrew and myself are going to pick in the same series as he gave me his information before I got on the horn here. So I do have his picks. I will give it to you, and then we will discuss, hopefully Friday morning, if we can figure out everything going on with this technical difficulty that we're having. But for my what do you got, I'm going to go Houston and Oakland. We just talked about it. That is going to be a hell of a race come the end of the season. Because you know Houston is the defending champs, so they're just trying to get through to the season. Because they've been, 
I, I want to cry about the Yankees being hit by the injury bug, but I mean, Houston has been putting this putting this together with you know duct tape and glue. I mean, they are. It is brutal how many guys they lost: Altuve, Springer. I mean, they're losing arms left and right, but they have a stud stud rotation, so I'm not too worried. But that AL West race, they are two games ahead of the Oakland Athletics. I believe it's a, probably I think it's a four game series they're going into. They're 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 on a four game losing streak as well. The Athletics are hot. They have a two and a half game lead over the Mariners for that wild card spot. So you know it's coming down to um, and only and they're four games behind the Yankees right now for the top wild card spot for home for home field advantage. So Yankees still sitting pretty for that one, but it's still. Uh, it's still anyone's ball game. So I'm going with my matchup on Sunday night. I believe it's a Sunday day game. It's a 4.05 start. So late afternoon, sit down, have an early dinner, watch this game. You're getting two aces going at it. Verlander versus Manaya. It's going to be a dogfight. Houston needs to get back in the win column after being swept by the Seattle Mariners. And, and they're clinging to a two-game lead over the A's. They need to take at least three out of four of the series just to make just to just to give themselves a little bit of cushion because you know what nobody wants to be playing in that one game wild card against my New York Yankees. You dig? So give me the Houston Astros. Give me Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander Upton to go eight strong, twelve Ks. Two earned runs, and Houston goes out there with a 4-2 victory. That is my what-do-you-got pick. I'll lace down Andrew's track, and we'll see who comes up with the two-point victory. He also is staying in the same d- divisional re- game matchup with Houston at Oakland, but he's taking the Saturday game. That also is a 4-0-5 start. So he's on, the, he's on Saturday the 18th. I'm on Sunday the 19th. Get your popcorn ready, sit down, watch Houston versus Oakland, and enjoy what we're presenting to you, folks, because we know what what we're talking about. We've been doing it for years. He wants to point out that his guy to take, his his PTPer will be Jed Lowry. The dude's hot. He's batting over 330 in his last seven games, has 18 dingers and 74 RBI on the year, helping... That potent Oakland offense keep going. Constant power and timely hitting has been the key to Jed Lowry batting about 280 for the season and really becoming that second base shortstop kind of you know utility role player that has really gelled the team together. And so he's going to rock Oakland and Jed Lowry on Saturday. There's a pretty good pitching matchup. Two big arms, Keuchel versus Cahill. Uh, both guys not you know not really having a great year in the wing column, but they're putting up solid ERAs. And uh, listen, you know, like I, like I said, it's it's Houston, it's it's Oakland. They're battling out for that AL West t- the title, and it, that's coming down to the wire. And uh, you know what? I am excited to watch that series as well. I got my Yankees on deck. Struggling. I mean, we can't beat teams under 500 like the Mets or the Orioles, which blows my mind. I don't know what we're doing. Booney makes some interesting choices, but it's hard to be mad at a team that's 32 games over 500. I just I don't understand 
what to I mean, obviously there's things that I, I, I know there's there's holes in our in our team, there's a lot of deficiencies in our team. I see that, I understand that, I get it. Pitching, hitting you know, timely hitting has been off. We need Judge back in the lineup. Sanchez needs to come back as well. We need some of these big boppers to come back. Stan has been carrying us. Miguel Andohar still swinging a hot bat. Gliber Torres hasn't been right since the hip injury. So hopefully he can maybe we sit him down for a little bit, get him rested up back. And we gotta figure out what's going on with Luis Severino, because that dude is gonna drive me crazy. His last ten his last ten starts, I think he's got an ERA of over eight, which drives me crazy. He's supposed to be our ace. He's supposed to be our game stopper. And right now, in, in a one game, in a one game playoff at home, I don't know if I'm starting uh, my man Severino. I'm have to go with Tanaka uh, just because I've seen him do it before in in that type of pressure situation. And right now, you know, the first 18 starts, Luis Severino had a two ERA. The last 10, I think he's got over an eight. It's crazy. Something's wrong. You know, his, his velocity's not down. His slider's flat. I don't know what's going on. They say he's tipping pitches. Who the hell knows? I'm not a baseball guru. I don't know. I just I just know he's getting hammered out there every time, and it's it's embarrassing. And this little little Yankee rant is a perfect little segue into something that I'm excited to to be a part of. And you know, as we wrap it up tonight, folks, I just want to remind you that if you have a Yankee fan in your life and you're looking to get them a, a fantastic gift opportunity, head over to vm-sports.com. Because VM Sports is hosting a 20-year reunion with some excellent, excellent, great Yankee baseball players. Jeff Nelson, Tanyan Sturtz, Charlie Hayes, and Shane Spencer will sit down for a question and answer hosted by the one, the only, Andrew Romanella of the Double A Balls podcast. I, myself... We'll be hosting a red carpet event hosted by our sponsor, Dig Me. That's right, Dig Me Nation, getting themselves all up in on the Yankee paraphernalia. So listen, folks, tell your friends, tell your friends. Go to vm-sports.com. Go to underscore VM Sports on Instagram. You can get to the website. We have a link in our, uh, I believe, in our bio page. That takes you right to the spot where you can buy tickets. And if you want to have a meet and greet, uh, a, a sit-down dinner, or I'm sorry, buffet dinner with an open bar, you want to kind of shoot the shit with some ex-Yankees, talk about the 98 World Series, my man Shane Spencer hitting some bomb, some key bombs, Charlie Hayes catching that fateful fly, that fly ball to end it. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest teams of all time, the 1998 New York Yankees. You know there's going to be some crazy stories to be told. I want to hear what they got to talk about Boomer Wells. I mean, I'm sure that dude was all over the map in 1998. The event is on December 2nd. I'm going to be selling, I'm, I'm going to be getting a, a whole table for the dab group. That's for sure. I want to get as many as I can in there. This is going to be a great event, folks. I'm excited. I can't wait to see all these Yankee players. I, I'm just, just, just get after it. December 2nd, 2018. Perfect gift for that Yankee fan in your life and let me tell you folks it has been a blast talking to you on the ride solo it's a little different not gonna lie a little parched wish i had my man andrew alongside me let me pay the bills real quick the dab podcast is presented by dig me nation 
official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. Find the latest and greatest Dig Me gear at Tilly's and Bloomingdale's and at Lids. Use our promo code DIGTHEDAB18. Receive 30% off your purchase. The Dig Me group is nothing but spectacular people. They will let you use that coupon, that coupon code over and over and over again. Again, you want to buy more gifts for your family, your loved ones? Buy them some cool gear. Check it out. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Hit us up on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Go to the dabpodcast.com website. Go to Instagram and Twitter. I mean, at this point in time, folks, there's no goddamn reason you can't find us and listen to us on our weekly talk about sports and rant and just lose our minds. Because you know what? After all, it is just all fun and games when you're talking sports. I'm your host. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I am out.